May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Dear friends in Christ, I invite you to consider the painting of the lamb that's in the middle of your bulletins. You can find this stunning masterpiece in Prado Museum in Madrid, Spain. It was painted between 1635 and 1640 by the Spanish artist Francisco de Zurbaran. He called it Agnus Dei. It's Latin for the Lamb of God. The painting is simple. A woolly merino lamb is lying on his left side on a gray slab. As you observe the picture, the lamb is facing the left. It has elegantly curved horns. All four feet are bound together above the fetlocks with two strands of a cord. The knot is not visible. With its feet tied together, the lamb's back is elevated as it lies on the slab. Its left eye, the only one that we can see, is open. Pale eyelashes delicately outline his eye. You can see that the lamb is looking down past his pink nose at the gray slab. There's no blood in the painting. The lamb is still alive. But the lamb won't live for long. Still life painting in the, in the 17th century rarely displayed emotion, but that's not the case here, not with Agnus Dei. The lamb shows emotion, the emotion of resignation. It isn't struggling to free itself. It isn't kicking and screaming. The lamb is ready to die. Light shines down on the lamb from the upper left at such a high angle that only a little shadow is thrown. And behind the pool of light that bathes the lamb, it is all dark, very, very dark. We're in a series on the book of Exodus called Let My People Go, and tonight for Good Friday, we are in Exodus chapter 12. Exodus 12 is all about the Agnes Day. It's all about the Lamb of God. Verses three and five. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. The animals you choose must be year-old males without defect. The Passover lamb, the Agnes Dei, has to be a male, and it must be perfect. It cannot be crippled or lame or spotted or off-color. Only a perfect lamb will be acceptable to God. After choosing their lamb, the people, the families, were to guard them and watch over them for three days. And then on the 14th day of the month, the entire community of Israel was to gather at twilight. And what happens next? They slaughter the lamb. Then what? Verse 7. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and the tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. The blood of the lamb will set the people free, free from the darkness and death of Egypt. Look again at the Agnes Day. The black background serves to highlight the lamb's white wool. Here is a lamb that was perfect and without defect. But the background, dark background, though, does something else. It also highlights why the reason the lamb was slaughtered. 
Luther famously called it incurvitas in se, another Latin phrase. This one means turned in on self. In our darkness, we turn in towards ourselves, our own interests, our own desires, our own needs, our own agendas. Call it individualism or self-actualization. Call it narcissism. Call it selfishness. But whatever you call it, you must call it what it is. It is sin. Sin is dark, very, very dark. The curved inward one says, to turn outward toward God or other people is too risky. I might get hurt and disappointed and frustrated. It's better, it's much safer to turn towards self. So we live in a tight little fetal position. It leads to isolation, disconnectedness, and despair. Sin, and curvitus in se, it seduces us, it traps us, and then it kills us. People sometimes dream when they look at wonderful art that they could actually enter into the painting. You know, take a walk on that starry night with Vincent van Gogh, or chit-chat with Mona Lisa while Leonardo da Vinci is doing her portrait. What would you do if you could enter into Zur Baran's Agnus Dei? The impulse, of course, is to untie the lamb. Let him loose, let him go free. He looks so innocent, so kind, so loving. He doesn't deserve to die. But the knot is out of sight. Why is that? What's going on? The knot is out of sight because the lamb can't be freed. There's nothing we can do for the lamb. The lamb must be slaughtered because his blood alone will set us free. Verse 13. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. The lamb's blood, the blood of Agnus Dei, flowed again in Gethsemane. There, as Luke tells us, Jesus was in such great agony that his sweat, great drops of blood. You can be sure that there was blood when the Roman soldiers got a hold of him. When they began punching him in the face, there was more blood. And blood flowed from his scalp as the crown of thorns was shoved down tight upon it. But the real bloodbath was at Gabbatha, the paved courtyard outside the governor's palace in Jerusalem. There, our Savior was stripped naked and whipped, whipped without mercy. Blood continued to flow from his open wounds as he carried his crosspiece on the Via della Rosa, more Latin that means the way of sorrow. And then there were three nails in the final blow, a Roman spear thrust that brought forth a sudden flow of blood and water. Flip your insert over and consider another masterpiece. Agnus Dei was in part inspired by this marble sculpture. It was created by Stefano Madrano, a 17th century Italian sculptor, and he called it Saint Cecilia, 
You can sense the, some of the source of Derzerban's uncanny capacity to reproduce textures in the folds of the funeral shroud that covers the saint. And the photographer uses a very calculated and direct light that creates broad areas of shadow, much like Zerbaran did. It helps us concentrate our attention on Saint Cecilia. She, like the lamb, is lying down. She, like the lamb, has her arms tied together. She, like the lamb, is resigned to God's will in her life. But there's one more connection between Agnus Dei and St. Cecilia. Do you see it? Do you see the connection? It's the most important one of all. The woman is white. She's white. St. Cecilia is all white, just like the lamb. What's the point? She's washed clean in the blood of the lamb the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And so are we. His shed blood for, for us too. By faith we are washed clean in the blood of Jesus. In the bloody font we were baptized into his death and his resurrection. You are forgiven. It's the only way to free us from the eternity of incurment and say, turned in on ourselves. In the end, at the very end, Blood was all Jesus had. His disciples had deserted him. His garments had been gambled away. Even his father had turned his back. Blood was all that Jesus had. But the blood of Jesus is all that we need. Let me say that again. The blood of Jesus is all that we need. Isaac Watts, the great 17th century hymn writer, brings our two 17th century masterpieces together when he wrote these words. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Amen. Now may the peace which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus to life everlasting.